the struggle really is constant. In a perfect world, we take in 15 to 20 animals a day and are usually at between 75 and 85% capacity. That means well over 400 animals that need food and clean enclosures. However, as our behavior and training director, Hannah Padilla, often says, That's an ideal world, and that never happens. <laughs> so, Not to mention that's only the labor required for direct routine care for the animals, feeding and cleaning mainly. Uh, the, the easiest thing to look at is our animal care staff. Uh, I have 38 kennels in adult dogs. Um, currently, I have 64 dogs in those 38 kennels. Um, that means that there is about twice as much mess to clean up in the morning, uh, twice as many rounds that need to get done in the course of the day. Uh, feeding is exponentially more difficult because we have to break up dogs into individual kennels in order to um, make sure they don't have fights over food, uh, which involves a lot of moving dogs back and forth, and then yet another round of kennels we have to clean up afterwards, and then we have to get caught up on dishes. So here it is, roughly noon, um, and I haven't even finished breakfast yet. Uh, I just walked to my kennels, and we're still uh, kind of sorting out dogs who have been eating breakfast. We also have an entire department to process intaking those animals. The frontline staff are, they're uh, backed up in everything. Um, we're uh, always playing catch-up, trying to stay up to speed with everything that's going on. Uh, we do have fewer people in all departments in general right now, um, so we're having to try to do the same amount of work at the same level, the same standard, with fewer people. Vets and vet techs to evaluate them and administer medical care? Well, so we're normally set up to handle like 100% of animals that come here. And lately, uh, when we have an influx of animals, that stretches us beyond our means. We were trying to make up for it by working over overtime, extra hours, and you know, it was really stressful on us and stressful to the animals too because it makes everything we do, we have to do it faster. Now we don't have the luxury of having the extra time to do it. So when we have more animals, less help, less money, and um, we, the, the staff is stressed, it makes it um, super difficult to provide all the help that we want to every single animal. Behavior specialists to rehabilitate them if they are abused, neglected, or otherwise scared or aggressive. Uh, it's packed here. Everyone's full. Every single kennel is either doubled or tripled even with littles. Donate. Adopt. Cluster. All that. Every dog here gets out of the kennel at least once a day for a walk. Those in behavior and adoptions, which have been here for longer, get out for two walks a day in addition to playgroup. There's an entire team that interviews adopters and processes their paperwork. Um, if I had enough money to pay my staff overtime, I could get another person in here and another set of hands would be able to deal with this much, much more easily. Um, as it is, I'm basically robbing Paul to pay Peter or vice versa. Um, I borrow staff from one building to get caught up in this building, which puts the other building behind, and then I have to share staff with that building to get them caught up again. Um, and basically everybody is running around not doing everything as well as we want to do it, um, just to meet our bare minimum standards, which are pretty high. Um, we hold ourselves to a very high standard in terms of care and 
uh, compassion for the animals and we need to meet it. Uh, and it's just tough to do when you're this crowded. Then there's my team, tasked with raising $3.6 million every year to provide all these services and pay the committed people who do it. Um, well, we're really overcrowded and we could really use funds to help us deal with the overcrowding situation that we have here at the shelter. And so that's my job and that's what I've been working on, putting the word out that uh, we're going to need the community's help to kind of rally around us and help us get some much needed funds so we can address the overpopulation problem here at the shelter in order for us to be able to care for them and give them the kind of care and treatment that we would like to give them. Um, it takes a lot of funding, so that's what we'll be looking for. Then we have outliers that compound our costs. Jelly and Lenny are perfect examples of this. Both are mixed breed dogs, fairly large. Jelly is a bit timid. Lenny is a bundle of joy, but is a pit bull type dog with scars on his head. Not from fighting, but from an autoimmune condition, though that's rarely what potential adopters assume. They will have been here for a year this fall. Cases like this vastly skew the average cost of care for any shelter animal, but the alternative is unacceptable to us and the public at large. This is what it means to be one of the most progressive shelters in the country. But as should be clear by now, that prestige comes at a higher cost. We provide the best standard of care possible to these homeless pets and do not receive taxpayer money. The shelter was founded in 1939 and the city and county of Santa Fe has never directly funded the shelter, preferring instead that it retain its status as a nonprofit that needs to be funded by grants, donors, and fees. It's rough. This organization is constantly under a microscope. We are proud of the work we do and the amazing facility we occupy to accomplish our mission. It's a double-edged sword though, you see. People come here and see the quality of care these animals receive in a very clean animal shelter, and they assume that we don't need the money. It's a frustrating paradox to try to prove to the public at large that we use the money wisely only to spend it so well that it appears we don't need it. Without public funding, gaining revenue is always daunting. But with the added inconveniences of being understaffed and overpopulated, achieving our mission of saving lives and spreading compassion for animals is becoming increasingly tenuous. We need your help to get over this hump. Volunteering and adopting is great, and we encourage you to fulfill both of those vital roles. But frankly, what we need more than anything else is donations. Most of this work requires specialized training that can't be done by volunteers. Paying that staff is one of our biggest expenses. If you are skeptical or have questions, you can always come by. We love giving tours and showing the public what sets us apart from so many other shelters who also work so hard to help save these animals. How far will you go to help? Will you share this podcast? Tell your friends about us? Maybe even save up a little bit to fix a wide-ranging, resolvable problem? Everyone loves an animal story with a happy ending. Will you be the hero this time? <laughs>